So on this third episode of Real Trailer Life, uh, we're going to be discussing how we plan our destinations, find our campsites, mapping out our travel, and we just want to welcome you to the journey with Real Trailer Life. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Wendy. You having a good week? Let's do this. Well, no, because you know what's going on in my life right now. No, tell us. (gasps) Possible teacher strike. Oh, yeah. So St. Paul uh, School Systems is in the middle of a lot of turmoil with uh, a pending strike and... Well, just trying to support our students the best we can without a lot of support that we need. So we'll see. We'll see how this weekend goes and it could be possible Minneapolis and St. Paul will be out on Tuesday. But let's let's move on and let's do this because real trailer life is a lot more fun to talk about. Right. So for those of you that are new to real trailer life, we are Patrick and Wendy. Uh, we are two car- career professionals working our way towards retirement. We currently live in uh, Bayport, Minnesota with our two Vishlas, uh, Indy and Ruby. Ruby, who's on the you know what list right now, but yep. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. So we started Real Trailer Life to share our experiences as we downsize, sell, and or donate everything that will not fit into our travel trailer or, or our tow vehicle. And if you see our house, that's a lot of stuff. So we got a lot of work to do over the next 18 to 24 months, but we're going to make it happen. Right. And uh, we are planning on hitting the road uh, to full trailer life living. Yeah. I can't wait. It'll be fun. I just want to get my senior graduated. Like he has to graduate this year from high school. Which is going to happen sometime in June. Well, well, that's that's our plan. So we'll get that done. The other one, you know, he's enjoying Michigan Tech life and on the right path. Probably done in two years. The last couple of weeks have been super busy. You know, getting the second episode ready and out on the air and... You know, our plan is to, we hope that we can post this every two weeks at this point. But once we get it going and get it down, and I'm not so hesitant about doing it all the time, we'll most likely go to weekly episodes and recording and uploading. So we've been getting uh, things ready for our summer traveling. Yeah. There's a lot of boxes out in our front entryway that, you know, Amazon loves us. I think they just have their our address right in their GPS because they know every day they're going to be delivering at least a couple of packages. So some of the things that we've done is uh, we bought some lithium batteries for the trailer. Uh, we're going to convert from our current AGM batteries over to lithium batteries. And we chose the Battleborn batteries to be exact. Uh, and we're going to replace our two AGM batteries with two 100 amp lithium batteries. And because we're converting over to lithium, we are uh, having to also replace our converter, uh, which will allow us to be able to charge those lithium batteries with our current system. Uh, We also ordered a new water filter cartridge. And I think you know a little bit about our water filter cartridge. We use Clear 2.0. So it has like this huge sediment, uh, large uh, filter before it gets to the inline filter. And I like to replace those filters like every two years at this point. Uh, once we start traveling, uh, we'll be replacing that inline filter a little bit more. But the Clear 2.0 allows us to be able to clean out that sediment filter without having to replace that. Is that something you want in show notes? Yeah, we, we can put a link to Clear 2.0. I, I think that's a pretty amazing product. 
What about those batteries you were talking about? The lithium batteries? Yeah, we can put a a link to the batteries also. And the nice thing about the lithium batteries, uh, you know, I contacted uh, Battleborn and asked if they had a discount for uh, veterans, which they do. And if you are a veteran, I would encourage you to reach out to Battleborn if you're thinking about switching over to lithium batteries to be able to get that discount that they offer to, to veterans. Well, my dad would be happy about this next thing that you purchased. Yeah, so we bought actually two new fire extinguishers. Uh, We have one current fire extinguisher that sits, it's mounted to the door at the aft door near the kitchen area. And that's an ABC um, fire extinguisher. So it pretty much covers everything as far as fires go. Anything that's created by ash, chemical, uh, and electrical uh, we also bought a second ABC uh, fire extinguisher that we're going to mount at the front exit near the bedroom. Lance didn't include a second fire extinguisher for that bedroom area, but we feel that it's important to add that uh, second fire extinguisher to the um, the bedroom area because, you know, we're spending well, time sleeping there. So would Archie, my dad. He was a firefighter for Duluth his whole career. We always had fire. That, like, that's just important. And you have to make sure they're working, too, you know. Don't just let them sit there and not test them. And make, just make sure they're up and running. Yeah, that's one of the things I do every season is to make sure that they're charged and they're functioning. So I bet that's something you're talking about next week. Yeah, we are. And then also I um, am adding a third fire extinguisher, which will actually sit in the cab of the truck. Um, I think that it's important to have a fire extinguisher readily available in the cab of the truck rather than the trailer in case something happens when you're in the truck and you want to be able to extinguish a fire. And that's your new truck, huh? Yeah, so we also bought a new truck. So we bought a 2021 Ford F-150 hybrid. And the thing that we really like about this uh, new hybrid is it has a 7.2 kilowatt generator, which basically allows us to plug our trailer right into the truck. And it'll allow us to power the entire trailer, including microwave, the air conditioner, um, and all of those heavily demanded items uh, through the generator that's in our truck. So that means we don't have to have a portable one. No, we no longer have to have a portable standalone generator. Do you know how loud the one is in your truck? So it's as loud as the truck is. I mean, is it loud? Yeah, it's not like super quiet. Um, Compared to like the portable ones? I think it's probably right along that same, you know, loudness level. Mm -hmm. But uh, it allows us to also set up the truck in generator mode. And as we're demanding energy off of the batteries, the truck will automatically start itself recharge the batteries, and then shut the, the, shut the truck off. Uh, and ultimately, I, I think on a full tank of gas, we should be able to uh, live off-grid for about two weeks with one tank of gas because uh, we're not going to be using energy when we're out traveling or taking hikes and that kind of stuff in the, in the heart of the day. You know, if we have really bad weather and we need to stay in the trailer, then we can run the generator and run the air conditioner microwave and do all of those things that we need to do. And then in a future episode, we're going to discuss why we went from the uh, Ram 1500 to the new Ford F-150 hybrid. 
Well, you got some new cookware too this week. Well, I got it for you. Well, I know. And I really, I think it's going to be really cool. It's called a magma stainless steel nonstick cookware. We got 10 piece set. Um, and we added a strainer to it, but the thing that's really cool about it is it all nests together and the handles come off and then screw back on and it just takes up so much less room. Yeah, because they all stack together into like one little compartment, which is really kind of nice. So we also bought bear spray. Uh, we already had one can of bear spray, but we bought a second one. Uh, we also bought one that has an inert uh, training bear spray that will allow us to be able to practice with our bear spray so that if we need it, we are actually able to know how to use it. So like it doesn't have any bad stuff in it. So like I could practice it on you. Well, or the dogs, no, or? no, you can practice it out in the open. <laughs> okay. Never, never be mine then. And for those that don't know, there are some bear sprays out there uh, in the last year that had a huge recall uh, on the bear spray. And the, the recall was because the bear spray wouldn't spray when you needed it to. Oh, that's like a bad glitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's really bad. And so the thing that, how they wanted you to test it was to actually just take it outside and test it and spray it to make sure that it actually functioned. And if it didn't, well, it's probably in that recall list. But one of the things that I thought was really funny is that they told you to test it outside. Well, <laughs> They have to say that. That's just, yeah. Well, let's hope that people read that part. Right. So um, what else have we been up to? Oh, did I mention all the boxes in the middle of the (laughs) middle of the front room? They keep coming. Oh, yeah. And I ask, what is that for? Oh, we need that for the trailer. Oh, we need that for the trailer. So we have a whole bunch of, oh, we need that for the trailers. Yeah, so some of those are the lithium batteries and the converter and the cables that we need in order to add the shunt and well, there's the some bear spray rug. and there's some the big bed rug. rug. Thing, yeah, yeah. We, we bought a bed rug. And for those that don't know what a bed rug is, it's basically converting the bed of your trailer into a huge trunk like you'd have in the car that's all padded and all of that. Bed of your truck. The bed of trailer. your truck. Yeah, your truck trailer, not yeah, your you, trailer. No, no. I'm not putting that in my bed in my trailer. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. It is for it is for the bed of the truck. That's it. But it makes it into like a huge trunk like you would have in a car that's all padded and that gray kind of padding. And we had that in the Ram 1500 and we really, really like that. And then we also made reservations for uh, going to the Sun Road and North Fork Road and Glacier. Um, For those that don't understand what this is, uh, going to the Sun Road is one of the great trips that you can take in Glacier National Park. And most people don't know about North Fork Road. Uh, That's in Glacier too, right? It's also in Glacier. And uh, this year they are requiring that you have this reservation uh, for either of them. So going to the Sun Road Reservation is a three-day reservation. So you select it and it's good for three days. And North Fork is only good for one day. And I think that originally they were doing like 500 passes for going to the Sun Road and only 30 passes for North Fork Road. Well, so, you know, there's a limited number of passes that they give out because they want to minimize the overcrowding and stuff. But... You had to get on and like, they like booked out like, boom. 
Yeah, so I was online on the day that they released at 9 a.m. Central, uh, and literally I made our reservations, and within minutes, uh, all of the uh, reservations were spoken for. Yeah, so that, it's been a busy week. Those are some, a lot of the things that we've been doing. I'm trying to get our Pinterest page updated with recipes and storage ideas, storage both inside the trailer, outside the trailer. So that's at Real Trailer Life on Pinterest. Um, so it's been busy. Yeah, I mean, we've been extremely busy. In this episode, we're going to talk about planning. And not just any planning, but how we plan our trips. And both uh, short excursions and, uh, more importantly, our yearly epic vacation. So we're going to talk about uh, how we plan our adventures, um, how we find campgrounds and get reviews and details for campgrounds, and lastly, how we plan out routes and how we're going to drive those actual routes. So I think it's safe to say that there is no one correct way. There is no one app, no one software, no one electronic that is going to do all of the planning for us. What there is is many awesome products that uh, allow us to use uh, their websites or their apps uh, to cover um, everything that we need in order to find out all the information that we have to have in order to make a safe and uh, successful travel. So let's talk about the adventure. So how do we decide where we want to go? Well, we're not yet retired, so you know. We kind of do lots of weekend trips that we can fit into our schedule, and we try to plan like the one big one that we call our epic trip. So our free, our weekend trips are typically three to four night long trips, and our travel to each location is typically less than six hours. Ideally, we want it to be between three and four hours. And it limits us on the places that we can go or we want to visit. But trust me, there are no shortages of places within a six-hour window of where we live. Right. I got Minnesota, Wisconsin. There's there's plenty of stuff around. It's beautiful. Even the UP. Right. Uh, North Shore of Lake Superior. It's a three- to four-hour drive. Yeah. And I grew up in Duluth, so, like, I love the North Shore, and I love Lake Superior and all the things around there. So that's, like, just... That's like coming home, but... Yeah, like places like Grand Marais or Tedaguchi State Park or Two Harbors. I mean, all are beautiful places that you can uh, go along the North Shore of Lake Superior. Yeah, we had a campground that literally the trailers were parked like right on the edge of Lake Superior. Yeah, right on the edge of Lake Superior yeah. in between Highway 61. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, and that is a city-owned uh, campground in Two Harbors, which is a, a beautiful campground. And we're I'm sure we'll do a uh, review of that campground in a later episode. We also like Hayward, Wisconsin. Uh, Hayward is close. It's about two hours away from us. Uh, We've been there twice with the trailer, but other times without the trailer. And we stayed at two different campgrounds there. Um, And Hayward is really nice just because of all the lakes and the trees and the hikes and uh, the fishing and everything that uh, goes along with Hayward. Well, Door County, too. I mean, who can't love Door County? So I've not been to Door County. Four and a half hours away. Right. And we actually are going to Door County on Labor Day weekend this year. And we have a reservation there, um, and I'm pretty excited about my first experience in Door County. Yeah, there'll be some good wines and stuff there, too. Apostle Islands, that was a great trip. Uh, Apostle Islands in Bayfield, Wisconsin was beautiful. It's about three and a half hours away from us. 
Um, we stayed at uh, Apostle Island's area campground, and we're going to discuss that campground a little bit later in this episode. Um, but Apostle Island's, uh, they have a great little downtown area. They have some great restaurants and shops down there. And then we also took the ferry over to Madeline Island. Okay, but to be clear, COVID has really hurt that area because there were not very many shops open. And what, well, there was that burned down bar or whatever. That, that was on Madeline Island. And that's like, that's not COVID related. That's just Tony's burned down no, no, bar. No, I'm not saying that was, but I'm saying all the stores and stuff that were closed down. Oh, on Madeline that, Island. Yeah, on Madeline yeah. Island, there was not a lot open anymore because of COVID. It just, it's, it was kind of like a ghost town, but it was still fun to walk around, but um, it's quite different. And then the boat ride, which was fun. And then we had a really bad storm. We and did, but it made was, it made for some really cool photos. Yeah, I bet it did. But it was cold and rainy, and everybody in masks trying to hover in really tiny places was kind of creepy. But we made through it; it was fun. Yeah, so that was two separate trips. So we took the ferry over to Madeline Island, and we went to I think it's Tony's Burnt Out Bar. Yeah, something like that. Um, and you know, we walked around the Madeline Island area. The one regret that I have about that trip was not taking the truck on the ferry and driving around Madeline Island. You know, we just basically went as people, and we everything was within walking distance. But you're right; there was a lot of things that were closed down on Madeline Island due to COVID or whatever the um, the well, circumstances a, were. I think a lot of people took bikes too. But you saw a lot of. Bikes. We did. We saw a lot of bikes. So that's another option. And there was that one great shop that we went into that was really close to the ferry landing that we bought a lot of uh, memorabilia stuff Sweatshirts. From. And, yeah, no, that was super nice quality stuff too. Not like your typical t-shirt roadside souvenir shop. Right. It was much nicer. And it was, she was a really nice lady that was working there too. And then the second boat trip that we took was more of a touring boat trip that brought us out into that whole area to see a lot of the different things. And you're right, we ran into some pretty scary weather. That was, it was a lot of rain. That's the one I said. That's just, but anyway, it was still good. It was worth the trip. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't change mother nature. She does what she wants. So it was cold. Uh, it was windy. It was rainy. Um, but some of the photos that I captured from that trip are just absolutely amazing with all the clouds and, um, the different rock formations that they, uh, brought us to and all of that. That was pretty cool. Well, but you know, to the other places we like to go are just some of the state parks and Minnesota has like tons of them. Like, I don't know, you said like 75 or yeah, something. Yeah, they have like 75 state parks. State parks. And those are always really great. And, you know, our lands, we can get in all those state parks because... It's not a gigundo one. And um, there are even like a couple that are really close to us. Not that we would want to camp there, but, you know, we have uh, a lot of parks that are really close to us. I mean, even over in Wisconsin, there's a lot of really great state parks over there as well. So if we look at that uh, six hour window that we were talking about, you know, that puts us pretty much all of Minnesota into eastern South Dakota, eastern North Dakota, uh, definitely down into Iowa, well into Iowa, and then far over into uh, Wisconsin. And there are so many places that we can go and visit over there uh, in, in all of those places. What about Canada? How far is that? 
So Canada, I think if we were to direct drive Canada, it'd probably be about five hours. Um, but so we could do the southern most part of um, the Canadian border. Uh, it would be southern Ontario for us. Well, you do have that rule that we don't stay in the same campground twice. Yeah, so... I love this rule. And some people are going to argue about this rule and not agree with it. Um, But it's not that we don't want to visit the same location twice. We just don't want to stay in the same campground twice. Well, we just want a different experience each time we travel. So, I mean, you know, who knows down the road if we fall in love, love, love with certain campground, we might break that rule. But Well, especially once we start living uh, full time, I think that we're going to have these favorite campgrounds or the ones that we do extended stays at for, you know, one month, two months, three months uh, during the winter um, before we move on to see the but, you rest know, of the yeah. country. On these short trips, you know, we always look at destinations that have a lot of activities that are going around that, you know, what, what's going on in that specific lo- location. And hiking trails are a big thing for us. We like to go on hikes. And we talked about some of the excursion trips, like the boat ride we took. State parks have great amenities. You know, there's what what's going on is is there a fair going on during that time period that we're there and another big one for us is is it a dog friendly campground cuz sometimes we take our dogs with Right. And so all of those are very important points. So hiking trails, if you don't know about alltrails.com, I would highly suggest that you look at alltrails.com. Alltrails probably has uh, the largest database of hiking trails in the entire country, maybe world. Um, They're reviewed. There's photos. There's all kinds of information, uh, great information about uh, any hikes that you want to take using alltrails. So, so far we've been to Hay- Hayward, Bayfield, Apostle Islands, Two Harbors, and the Upper Peninsula when we took Nicola to college. Right. And then we also took a longer trip um, last year down to uh, Charlestown, Indiana. Yeah, because Mindy, your daughter, and her husband, and they're three beautiful little girls. They our, live down our there. granddaughters are there. Yeah, and we're going to be taking another trip down to Charlestown, Indiana. And when we took that trip, we actually stayed at Charlestown uh, State Park, which was a pretty amazing state park because the sites uh, are all full hookup sites, or the ones that we stayed in are full hookup sites. And that's pretty unusual for a state park. Well, and Callie was so excited because she got to spend a night in the trailer with us. She did. <laughs> We cook s'mores and, you know, the Charlestown State Park is a great park. I mean, they have a camp host, um, you know, the site that we stayed in, the, some of the trees were kind of hanging over the campfire pit and the camp host came over and cut those trees down so that we could be able to have a nice campfire and not worry about starting a forest fire. Um, And there's a lot of uh, sites in that campground and in one of the future episodes we're going to talk a little bit more about charlestown state park especially seeing how we're going to be taking that trip again this year Mm -hmm. so then we typically try to take one epic trip every year now currently we are working we're still living our life we're still doing our 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 jobs and eventually within the next next 18 to 24 months we're going to be moving into retirement yep let's talk about the 2021 trip we took yeah so 2021 trip was pretty epic yeah it was a lot of fun 
So, I mean, as a kid, I traveled a lot with my family when I was growing up. And I went to places like Mount Rushmore and Seattle. I even went to the Grand Canyon, although I don't remember it. So part of our epic trip was I wanted to go back to the Grand Canyon as an adult. And so Pat's the planning genius. So he planned this amazing trip out to the Grand Canyon. And we went to the... North Rim. North Rim of the Grand Canyon. Rather than the South Rim. So that's an important thing that Pat's going to talk about. Yeah, so the North Rim of the Grand Canyon uh, has about 10% of the visitors as opposed to the South Rim, which has 90% of the visitors. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how we planned out that trip and the, the pros and cons of how we planned out that trip. But, you know, when we went to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon and we arrived there, it was a Monday morning. And I think we got there... It was like 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning um, after driving from Page, Arizona, and I think it was like two and a half or so hours. Uh, and we went to Imperial Point, which was like one of the first places that we went to at the Grand Canyon. There was nobody there. There was nobody there. We nobody could take pictures there. of these gorgeous, what was that one? That angel, Angel's window. Angel's window. Not a person in sight. Yeah, so I actually captured uh, photos of Angel's window in 2021 with nobody standing on top of the walkway on Angel's window, which is almost unheard of. So I don't know. I mean, if you don't want a lot of people around you, I suggest go to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And there's not all the traffic of people. So anyway. The, it was really busy around the lodge. I, if you remember, we, we, we pulled into the lodge and we took that one hike. I forget where we hiked out to, but we each had to take it separately because we had the dog. And one of us had to take, uh, take care of the dog while the other one took that, that little hike. And the same thing happened at Angel's Window. Uh, we each had to take that hike separately because we had the dog with us. So Yeah, there's only certain paved pathways that you can take dogs on in some of these parks. And so when you want to get out to a place where dogs are not allowed, we took turns. So our Epic 2022 trip, uh, which is coming up, um, you know, I've always wanted to see places like Glacier National Park. Never been there. I've heard great things about Glacier, but I have never been to Glacier. I've never been to Yellowstone, and I've never been to Grand Tetons. And I've been to all of them, but I want to go back because... I don't know. It just seems like I can't remember a lot of things from my childhood as an adult. It's that part of getting old. I don't know, but I'm excited to go back. So so this is really going to be a pretty epic trip for us, and we're going to see some pretty amazing things along the way. So, you know, picking a destination is easy. I mean, once you pick a destination, uh, then you have to choose how, how to map your routes, um, find campgrounds, and uh, get information that you're going to need in order to make that a successful trip. Right. And you kind of start with Google Maps. I do. I use Google Maps. Like a plane route. And then you have something else that you use that you can input the information about the RV. Yeah, so I, I typically start out um, with Google Maps, and that gives us kind of a, like you said, a plane route. Uh, we try to avoid interstates if we can. Uh, we would prefer to take, you know, state highways um, just because we just don't want all of the traffic that's involved in uh, interstate travel. But once uh, we, the, the thing about Google that doesn't allow you to do is you can't put in the length of your, your rig. You can't put in the height of your rig. You can't put in, um, 
the weight of your rig. So it doesn't have any of that. So basically any of the times that Google shows, it's basically if you're driving a car at 55 or 60 miles an hour and it doesn't uh, accommodate for RV travel, which is averages like 45 or 50 miles an hour over an entire trip. Well, and I don't want to get stuck under a bridge. So what's the name of that thing you use? So the main program that we use is RV Trip Wizard. That's it. RV Trip Wizard. So the nice thing about RV Trip Wizard um, is it allows us to uh, put in the length of our rig. Uh, and it also allows us to put in the weight if we're carrying propane um, the and the height of the rig so that we aren't traveling down roads that wouldn't be accessible and Google would typically take us down if we didn't put that information in. But another thing that's nice about Google Maps is it has a couple of features that we really like. First of all, Street View. And most people don't know what Street View is, but if you look at the lower right-hand corner of your screen, there's that little yellow guy that kind of dances around, and you can drag him up to uh, a street, um, and you can look at things on that street. So you're looking basically at photos of the street that you're traveling down. And where that's important is if you're coming up to a bridge and you don't know if you're going to be able to get through that uh, overpass because of your height, you can use Street View to view the street signs to see if you can get through that bridge depending upon the height of your your rig. Well, that's a pretty cool feature, but so RV Trip Wizard would already know that. RV Trip Wizard would know that. Okay. So the other thing that's nice about Google Maps is it shows you active road construction, which is important because we don't want to take... Uh, I hate traffic. And if you know me, which I do, and he <laughs> will avoid and go around whatever he can to avoid sitting in traffic. He even if it. it takes me 45 minutes longer, and we are going to go around traffic. Yeah, but that's even with or without the trailer. That's just how you drive. That's just the way I drive. So one of the first jobs I had after I got out of the army was working for a company called Metro Traffic Control. And there I drove through rush hour traffic and had to time the length of the delays in traffic, which really made me not like traffic. But then you reported that to us people. Right. And at the end of my shift, I would take every side road to get home because I didn't want to sit in traffic anymore. (laughs) That's just funny because I remember listening to Metro Traffic Control, and that was before I knew you. So I wonder if I was actually listening to you. You could have been. I was Unit (laughs) Unit 6, Metro Traffic Control. It's very possible. So um, at any rate, so Street View is a great thing. Um, And then another great thing that we use is Satellite View. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Satellite View uh, as we get into um, how we find our campsites. Can I ask a question about those? Is Street View and Satellite View like accurate like that's showing you it now or is it like old pictures yes which both Both? (laughs) (laughs) so it so it really depends you know google is really good about having you know these photos um and the satellite photos and the street view photos but how often do they upgrade them and one of the things that i'm going to talk about a little bit later is i also use apple maps because sometimes Apple Maps has more updated photos. Sometimes Google has more updated photos. And I mean, you can use both of those to plan your trips in order to have a a better experience. 
Okay, so once you get all this routing information kind of set up, then you go back and you use the RV trip wizard, right? And that helps you find campgrounds too along the route? Yeah, so once I have the kind of like the main route planned out, we have our main destination planned out, I transfer everything over to RV trip wizard. And in RV trip wizard, the nice thing about that is it allows us to put in information about our rig, the height of the rig, the weight of the rig, the length, whether we're carrying propane or not. Um, and then we can also put in our preferred routing uh, and how many miles or hours we want to drive in a day. Well, and that's the big thing for us because we've kind of learned the hard way what our limit is. Yeah, and we're going to discuss that even <laughs> even more a little bit later, but we learned kind of the hard way. Yeah, so that's a crucial thing to know. What is your limit? So when we did take our epic trip in 2021, we pushed it pretty hard to get to Page. Yeah. In and Arizona. And, you know, we left home and where we drove to uh, Black Hills, right? Yeah, we're going to get in. We're going to get in that a little bit. So once we get everything into uh, RV Trip Wizard, then we get into the campgrounds and we try to start finding campgrounds. We use RV Trip Wizard to find a campground uh, near where we feel that we want to stop. And then the next question is, how long do we want to travel during a day, right? Then we kind of learned that the hard way, so. Yeah, so what's your max limit? Well, uh... So it's you really know, crucial to know me, what you're... For me, it depends if we have the dogs or not. If we have the dogs... I'm sorry, but like four hours is probably no, a max limit. When we don't have the dogs, maybe six. But, you know, we pushed it sometimes. We had nine-hour days. We had 10-hour days. And just because it tells you, like, it's based off of, like, driving a car, right? So Right. And then some of those, we were going through mountains and we're towing a trailer and we're not keeping, we're, like, maybe averaging 50 Right. So we took our 2021 trip um, and this was a huge eye opener trip for us. Uh, when it was our first big It was our trip, first yeah. big trip. We had 10 days and we were going to go to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And that was our ultimate destination. Um, and we pushed, we pushed really hard. So the, the very first day of our trip, we drove from uh, the Twin Cities to the Black Hills, Keystone, South Dakota. And you know, when we started doing all this planning, it was on Google and it wasn't using RV trip wizard so much. And it was using times off of Google maps. And I think that Google maps said it was going to be a nine hour trip for us to get to Keystone, Arizona or Keystone, South Dakota. And that was, it was long. It was longer than, but do you remember pulling up that road, going into where the campground was, and it was super windy and super steep, and it was just, it would have been nice to have RV Trip Wizard for that trip. Right, and also we were exhausted at the yeah. end of that trip. I yeah. mean, we, we we pulled into the campsite. We knew we weren't going to disconnect. It was just a one-night stay over at that campsite, and then we were going to leave the next morning and head to our next destination. Which... Was, was even more brutal. Was the the worst part. That was a really. It was thirteen at least thirteen. It hours. was thirteen hours. So we went from Keystone, South Dakota, to Grand Junction, Colorado, and we had to go over the Rockies. Way <laughs> too far to drive in one day. 
So, yeah, it was way too far. Way too far. What was that place, that, that grassland place? Yeah, so we left, uh, I'll never forget this in my entire life. So we left uh, Custer State Park going into Wyoming. And the route that we took took us through um, Thunder Bay National Grasslands. Okay. Now, most people don't understand that what that is. And the, the road that we took, I swear there were times where we didn't see a house or a vehicle or any sign of life for at least two hours easily two hours maybe even three hours we felt like we're in the middle of nowhere i've never felt so isolated in my entire life the only saving grace was the fact that we had a trailer with water and food and if something were to happen to us we were we would be we would have been able to We'd have been sustain fine. ourselves. Yeah. We would have been fine for a while. Did we have cell service? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. That's silly. I, I, I just thought I'd ask. That's why we have a so. GP uh, a RV GPS. There you go. Because it at least help us get to where we want to go. Is that the so Garmin? It is. We have a Garmin RV GPS. So we get into Grand Junction, Colorado. We stayed at another great campsite. It was just a one night stay over. Um, and we were pretty exhausted at the end of that. We didn't disconnect. We did take a walk that night though. Um, and we had, we had Indy, our Vishla, no, our young Ruby. Vishla, or I'm sorry, yeah. we had Ruby with us, our one year old Vishla with uh, us on this trip, which made it even more difficult and more stressful. Uh, we had to make a lot of stops along the way for the dog. But overall, she, she was, was amazing. She was, she was she great. She traveled amazing. She was great. And so the third leg was from Grand Junction, Colorado to Page. And this is the shortest route of these three days. Uh, I think it was eight hours from the time that we uh, left Grand Junction until we settled into Page. I think maybe nine hours. I think it was more like nine, but it was a lot less stressful than the last two days. The previous two days were much, this, this was much better. It allowed us, you know, we had, we had time to stop and see things along the way. So that so was really nice. One of the things that we did and we had done previously in 2014 is we left Grand Junction, Colorado and drove to Cisco, Utah. And we exited at Cisco, Utah, and we took Highway 128 um, from Cisco to Moab. And that, my friends, is probably one of the most beautiful drives that you can ever take into the in the United States. Is that the one with the Forrest Gump spot? No, that's the one that goes along the Colorado River. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. And though. when we did it in 2014, the road was really kind of crappy and falling apart and we were really surprised this year that that entire road has been totally repaved um and is very friendly for not only car travel but for uh rv travel yeah it was that was a nice drive there's a lot of pull-offs and a lot of amazing sites that you can see um and then we got into Moab, you know, we filled gas in Moab, we left there. Uh, and what you were talking about was Monument Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And Monument Valley, the drive through Monument Valley was amazing. Yeah, uh, lots of places to stop and take pictures and people taking pictures and just beautiful. Yeah, and the one thing that I learned is we tow a trailer. Right. So you have to know when you want to stop. <laughs> so there was, there was one parking lot that we wanted to pull off into that um, was really, it was easy to get into. 
Um, but not so easy to get out of. And I had to do a lot of maneuvering to um, get back out of that uh, parking lot to get back onto the well, road. Well, you kind of dragged a little bit of the front of the hitch. Yeah. Yeah, but it, we didn't damage anything. No, so that's no a damage. Good thing. But we were able to stop and, again, take some just amazing, amazing photos of Monument Valley. And, and if you find a trip. nice pair of sunglasses, they're Pat's. Yeah, so I was right in that spot because you were running across to get a photo. <laughs> so this is another part of the story. I lose sunglasses on trips, and the first set of uh, Oakleys that I lost was when we went to Zion National Park in 2014. So one of the things that we like to do when we get to a national park is check in at the visitor center. Uh, we pulled into the park, took some great photos as we were coming in, and then we went to the visitor center. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, we met with a ranger and said, hey, you know, where's some great places to take photos? And the ranger said, how long are you planning on staying? And we said, oh, we're just here for the day. And the ranger said, you need to leave now. <laughs> That's right, because it was going <laughs> to storm. <laughs> and we're like, wait, leave now? And they said, if you don't leave now, you're not going to get out of here for like two or three days. And when we walked in, it was clear. There was no rain, nothing. And when we left the visitor center, it was downpouring. Yeah, you can see. You can see in front. We we're just sloshing our way, running our way back to the car. And that's where I lost my first set of sunglasses. That was the first set. And then the second set was uh, when we were driving through Monument Valley in 2021, and. Well, okay, that was another set. I'm not so sure it was only the second. There might have been some in between there, but that's not so cool. On our trips. But on our trips. <laughs> oh, now we're going to sunglasses on our trips. So okay, was, perfect. That's fine. Okay, let's move. Let's, so the moral of the story. The right? moral of the story is keep the sunglasses on your head. Otherwise, you will lose them. Now, the moral of the story is don't plan long trips. Like, set your limits. Yeah. Those, that part of the story, getting back to our original discussion about yeah, what so we, we drove into a day. Right. So we drove from Grand Junction to Page, Arizona, and uh, this was like a nine hour drive. Yeah, we talked about this already. And it was a lot, right. Yeah. It was a lot less stressful. Do you remember when we arrived in Page, Arizona, and we stopped at the gas station and we opened up the door and it was 113 degrees? <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and everybody's like, oh, but it's desert heat. It's, it's dry, dry heat. heat. I'm sorry, it's still heat. It's still a, it's still a hair dryer <laughs> yeah. blowing on yeah. you. Yeah, it was really hot, and that was when we were parking at that, that beautiful campground. But, yeah, that was It hot. was gorgeous. We stayed at uh, Waweep uh, RV, or campground and RV, um, right in Page, Arizona. It was, it was phenomenally gorgeous. But, so, back to the moral of the story. Set your limits. Um Know what you're comfortable driving in a day. Uh, after this trip, um, we decided what our comfort level is. And uh, we are more around 400 miles and eight hours as a maximum extreme in a day. Uh, but we really prefer, you know, 300 miles or something around a six hour limit when we're traveling. So the next set, uh, the next step of our trip is finding camping sites and where we would want to stay and what kind of site that we want to stay at. 
Um, during these long trips, you know, some of these campgrounds uh, are for us overnight trips. They're not like multiple day trips. Um, and we have some requirements on what we want as far as a campsite goes. Yeah, we want hookups, like 30 amp at least and uh, city water. As long as there's a dump station, dump station. we're pretty good. We're good uh, we go. would prefer sewer hookups, but if there's a dump station, that's, uh, that's fine, fine as well. Um, but I mean, honestly, on right now in our life, um, prior to our retirement, we prefer full hookup sites. Uh, and that's where RV Trip Wizard comes in because you can search for campsites uh, at stays that you want. And, uh, another thing that's nice about RV Trip Wizard is you can say, I only want to drive 300 miles or I only want to drive for six hours. And RV Trip Wizard's going to give you a place to uh, stop in that area, and then you can use it to search different campgrounds and find different campgrounds. You can uh, use RV Trip Wizard to say, I want full hookups, I want full hookups with electric, or I want full hookups with 30 amp, or I want partial hookups with 30 amp and city water, and we'll acquiesce to a um, dump station. But uh, that's the nice thing about using uh, RV Trip Wizard. Well, you said it's under like some other parent company too. Yeah, so RV Trip Wizard's parent company is RV Life Network. Um, and RV Life Network has a sub app or a sub program called Campground Reviews. And the nice thing about using RV Trip Wizard is you can click onto a campsite and you can get reviews of different campsites. You can see satellite images. Uh, you can find out the cost. There's typically links to the campsites um, there. And it really makes it kind of nice as far as those campgrounds and we use it as as a starting point uh, it gives us information about the facilities it gives us information about wi-fi access and cell service um, and then it also gives us information about clubs like good sam's clubs uh, or escapees or fmca or other additional uh, discounted uh, programs that are available for campgrounds and then Another nice feature is the satellite images. And we talked a little bit about this earlier with Google Maps and Apple Maps. I like to look at all the campgrounds that we're going to stay at from a satellite image. Yeah, yeah. because I like to, because sometimes we'll even pick a spot when, you know, those campgrounds that like pick, let you pick a site. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice to be able to see what site you're going to be staying at. And it takes a little bit of trickery sometimes to orientate satellite images to the campground maps that the campground uh, provides, but it really ends up being a good way to see, you know, is this one closer to that one or is there tree coverage or... Or is the road going right by there, the bathroom's right next to it? Because those are things we kind of like to avoid, but, you know, it helps. We've had pretty good success with that, so... And if, uh, you know, RV Trip Wizard uses Google Maps and another option is to look at those same sites using Apple Maps. And sometimes Apple Maps images are more updated than the Google Maps images. Uh, Some of the Google Maps images are, you know, 10 years old. Well, there's also, you also do uh, like look at campground reviews through Campendium. Campendium is a critical program for us. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the show notes. So Campendium, um, the nice thing about Campendium is they pretty much have 
every campground in there, whether it's a national park, a state park, a dispersed camping, um, a forestry land, uh, and people. Some free stuff too. Free, oh, free, free camping as well. And Campandium, the, 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 Clients or the members of Campandium are so good about putting reviews about uh, the different campsites. And some of them will actually be site specific, like site 45 at this. And you can see photos of what that's like. Um, You've left reviews on that, haven't you? I leave reviews on Campandium. And sometimes we even, you know, when we go to a campground that we tell them that, you know, we'll leave a review on Campendium and you often like take drone photos too. Yeah. I'll throw the drone up and get aerial photos of the the campsites just because that's something that is not typically available for uh, users of campsites to be able to see an entire campsite, but see a current up-to-date drone photo of the entire campsite. Well, you said also Campendium now is a part of a larger network called Road Pass Pro. Uh, yeah, Road Pass Pro. Yeah, so Road Pass Pro also includes um, a travel mapping program similar to RV Tripper Wizards called Road Trippers. And we are actually members of both. Um, you know, personally, I like RV Trip Wizard, um, but Road Trippers is also a great program. Uh, and you just ultimately, you you need to figure out what is your comfort level or what program you decide that you want to use in order to make these uh, trip plannings. So can I ask a question about these? Are sure. they paid apps? They are. Okay. So all of these like Road Pass Pro, Camp Pandium. So with Road Pass Pro, you get Camp Pandium and... Road Trippers? Road Trippers. Okay. And with RV Life, you get... RV Trip Wizard, and Campground Reviews. Oh, okay. And they are both paid. Okay. Um, there are discounts uh, available. You know, most of these are like 30 or 40 or $50. And if you search the internet, you can find discount coupons for both of them to We'll put all those links cost. and stuff, information in the show notes. So once we have a campground laid out, then it comes to reserving the campsite. And you have to do this in advance, like six months in advance for some of these places. So we, because of the craze with uh, RVing and camping, we decided this year that we're going to try to secure our campgrounds at least six months out. And that is a pretty long time. Uh, We first try to do online reservations and that works most of the time. Uh, There are instances where we actually have to call the location and speak with a human um, and we haven't had much trouble with making reservations in advance. Um, One exception is trying to make reservations for uh, things like uh, off of recreation.gov like we made a reservation for Coulter Bay RV Park in Grand Tetons National Park. And this was a little tricky. Um, They opened these sites, uh, and I don't remember the exact number of days before, but if you're not on that site ready to make that reservation at the time that it opens, you're not going to get that reservation. Uh, And I want to say that the day that we made the reservation for Coulter Bay, there were only 12 sites that were available the morning that we were going to make the reservation. Uh, and so we were ultimately 
you know, fighting against how many other people that are trying to make a reservation for the exact same day for the exact same time. Uh, and we were able to secure a reservation at uh, Coulter Bay RV Campground. Uh-huh. All right, which is pretty amazing. Um, and then, you know, websites like our recreation.gov, Re- uh, National Park Service uses uh, recreation.gov along with other governmental agencies such as the National Forest Service or um, Army Corps of Engineer sites uh, and a lot of other different things. And honestly, you need to be prepared when a popular site opens or a popular reservation opens to be able to make that reservation like the minute that it opens up. Uh, just uh, this week, uh, I made reservations for going to the Sun Road and for North Fork, North Fork Road in Glacier. Um, and I think North Fork only had like four, 500 spots that were available. Or, I'm sorry, going to the Sun had only 500 spots that were available. North Fork only had 30 spots that were available. And as soon as I was done making the reservation for those, I went back and they were entirely sold out for the entire month of June. So they go fast, so it's kind of a game of chance, but you need to always have a backup plan too. So if you don't get your reservation that you wanted, then what are some other options for you? So we always keep the reservation number that we get and the email confirmation, and we just put all that into the RV Trip Wizard. So we have that ready and available when we get there. And we also have the email confirmation that we keep in a separate folder in our email so that uh, if there's any question about the actual email, we have that copy as well. Well, some other kind of available things for camping is the Harvest Host. Harvest Host has been amazing. Now, we've only used it once. Um, and we used it on a trip down to, uh, Indiana when we went to visit my daughter's son-in-law and our three granddaughters. Um, but Harvest Host is amazing. It's, I I think right now it's $99 a year. If you want to add on the golf extension, it's $139 a year or $40 more. Uh, there are coupons that are available to decrease that like maybe by $20. But once you lock into that price, it remains that price um, as long as you uh, remain an active paying member at that price. So Harvest House utilizes like a network of places like wineries and distilleries, breweries, museums, farms, golf courses. There's probably even other stuff I don't even know about, but you can keep typically get what you said like two weeks in advance you can call and get a reservation Um, right they they have a limited number of campers because you're like boondocking on their site um maybe one or two or three at the most there's not typically a lot at at each one um but it's you know if you're boondocking that means no sewer no water no electric but with our trailer we can we can do that um some of them let you use a generator that's probably up to them i think the biggest and the coolest thing about it is they just want you to patronize their business so the one we stayed at was a winery it was we were were the only ones there it was raining it was raining um we had a power outage there was a power in the middle of me getting paid off on a on a video game <laughs> on a yeah video game this is some video game you're playing and you went to get your money and whoop no power uh but we bought a couple of bottles of wine um and once the place closed down which was like at six o'clock the entire 
vineyard was ours. Uh, we threw the drone up. We took some great photos of uh, uh, of um, the winery. Uh, literally, we are on the edge of the vineyard. Yeah, I mean, it was a family-run winery. For like years. Uh, years and Generations. Years. Yeah. It was a huge old barn. I mean, we saw, they showed us a, all of the, how they do it. They're old. Remember we went upstairs into like that old Yeah, where area. they have all the wedding receptions or yeah, whatever was, the case might be. It, it was, was beautiful. Got to see the whole winemaking process and meet the owners. And it was a younger, it was a brother and sister that were right. running it still. Yeah. yeah. So we foresee ourselves using Harvest Hosts a lot more. Um, I think Harvest Hosts just added on Boondockers Plus, um, but uh, we haven't really researched that a whole lot. Uh, and we will... As we get closer to doing this full-time RV travel. Yeah, I mean, you know, and don't forget about your city and your county-owned parks and your state parks. and. Um, yeah, there are a lot of other ways to find campgrounds. Uh, and, I mean, even just using Google to search campgrounds or uh, Safari to search campgrounds and find different campgrounds that might be available. Uh, county campgrounds are amazing. Uh, we've stayed at county campgrounds, um, and state parks. There are so many state parks that have, um, campgrounds available as well. And if you're a vet, you can even look at places like military bases. And a lot of military bases have RV campgrounds on the military bases. Uh, and there are some restrictions as to who can use those campgrounds and whatnot. Okay, so we have our route planned out. We have our reservations. So the last step is the actual travel. But here are some steps that, you know, we use for that actual last part of planning it because we have to have a checklist. I need a checklist. I need to see it down. And I want to go through that checklist and make sure we're doing everything um, that are all the important parts of that travel. So we do. We use several checklists. Right. We, we have one just for what we're packing in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Then we have one for how to get the trailer ready, uh, how to get the tow vehicle ready, including things like checking the tire pressure and the lights and uh, making sure that we have the water in the trailer and the batteries are hooked up uh, and that everything is functioning within the trailer. And and I also like to plan out our meals. I want to know the whole week's worth of meals. I want to know what we're having each day. Um, And so then... You know, once we get all of that stuff, we get to the campground. We don't, we've, we've got it all organized and that just helps so much for me. I like, I like checklists. Right. And then I make sure that we have all the tools and safety equipment that we need in order to make it a safe uh, trip. Uh, Make sure that the walkie talkies are charged and we use the walkie talkies when we are backing into a campsite, uh, which is pretty critical for us. And as we mentioned earlier, we use an RV GPS and I make sure that that route is uh, input into the RV. RV GPS so that we know exactly what route we're going to take. Well, you also have a backup camera. I do. Backup cameras are important. Um, and for many different things, not just to back up into a campsite, but as we're traveling down the road, I can use the backup camera live to see uh, what's in our lanes next to us when we make lane changes. 
And then the last thing is, you know, the morning of, I wake up, I check the weather, uh, we check road conditions, and we are then off on the road. Yeah, everything's pretty much already packed up, and we can pull out and make sure that we have what we need has already been done because we have that handy-dandy checklist. So along the way, Wendy is busy. I do keep busy. I keep a journal. I like to keep a journal of all our stops, uh, our mileage, our gas purchases. I like to keep that all in record. Um, What I plan the menu. So like if we're going to have lunch on the road, I want to know what that is so that I can have that pre-made ahead of time and it's in the fridge or whatever, um, easily accessible in the trailer. Um, And I also like to have car ride activities. You do. (laughs) We like to play games. We do. So uh, we do the, there's a app called plate spot and it's kind of fun. It's for the license plate game, right? You spot a license plate, you look it up, you get points for it. And then you get to read about that state. Great. There's a little trivia or history or something about that state. Yeah. So we like to collect those. Um, And then there's also, we, we found a game called cows on my side. Cows on my side, cows on your side. Yeah, and so we just keep tally marks, and if you see a cow on your side, you say cow on my side, and you get a tally mark for it. But if you see a, a ghost cow... A ghost cow is a cemetery. If you see a ghost cow cemetery, you get to steal the other person's points, and trust me, Pat has stole mine multiple times. So there's some advantages about driving and some advantages about being a passenger when you're playing this type of a game. You know, as a driver, you're keeping your eye on the road constantly and surveilling from left to right, and you're a little bit more attuned to what's coming up. That's, um, that's why he always wins that one. But but as a passenger, you know, you have the ability to look behind you. You have the ability to not be so concerned about the driving aspect and you can look more to the left and the right and find these things, but you're also easily distracted by iPads or phones or journaling. (laughs) So uh, other things that I like to do, I mean, Oh, we also keep track of the number of Lance trailers. We do. Cause we, and, and where we saw them. So we keep track of that too. Um, But I have an iPad that has Wi-Fi with like a cell plan, cellular plan through it. Um, So, Sometimes we're going through certain places and I like to learn about what's going on around me so I can Google landmarks and find out interesting things like those, um, those wet, windmills, those windmills when we were going right. through. Yeah. What are those called? Windmills. <laughs> They're big giant windmills. There's a place. Papa. Papa. See? In Indiana, or yeah. Illinois or yeah, somewhere along the trip anyway, down to so Indiana. A similar situation was we were stopped to get gas and there was this big gigundo John Deere tractor. Oh my gosh. That thing was huge. And so I'm like, let's Google. I want to, so we looked up the model number and like the base price of this thing was like $750,000. Three quarters, used like three quarters of a million dollars. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. That was with no attachments. No attachment, but it had GPS. It did, and a stereo. <laughs> and AC. And it was air conditioned. <laughs> and AC. So, like, I spend a lot of time Googling farming equipment, and I learned a lot about it, and I know that I could never afford to be a farmer. I don't know how anybody could afford so to be a farmer. That stuff is so expensive. I don't know how they do it, and that's such hard work. But 
I appreciate them, and I, I learned a lot about that. And so that's some of the things I like to do on the road. And But I'll tell you, there was this one... Um, Word like it was some word association app. Game. Yeah, I wish I could. I can't, re- I can't I, remember what the name of it was, but this is hilarious. We had to delete it actually because we were playing it, and Patrick started laughing so hard that he was crying and laughing and crying so hard that we actually had to pull over because he just couldn't drive anymore. Couldn't drive he couldn't anymore. stop laughing. I was. It was. You ever have those moments where you just start to laugh and you just. Anything that is added on to it just makes you laugh even more. I think that must have been one of those 13-hour days and we were just delirious and just exhausted. But anyway, so I like to keep some records and planning and games and keep us, you know, having fun along the way and learning about where we're traveling and what we're traveling to and all the learning along the way. I like that. So that's... That's how we uh, plan our, uh, our our safe and travel trips. Um, and it's just a brief overview. I mean, there's so much more that goes into planning a trip um, and what makes a, a good trip as opposed to just an average trip. Uh, we try to make sure that we do all of our research. We have all of our plans laid out. We have our route laid out. We have our campground set. We have our reservations numbers. Uh, and we just really want to make sure that when we go on a 10 or 16 or even a a four-day trip that there are no hiccups right and as we progress more you know through these podcasts we want to share more kind of detailed tips and more tricks and things that we're learning too along the way because it's a learning experience for us too Now it's time for one of my favorites. Yes. The campground review highlights. Ups Ups and and downs. downs. So the first campground that we're going to review um, in this is the Apostle Islands Area Campground. Yep. And we stayed there last fall. uh, And it was a a great experience in my opinion. It was a great experience. So the ups, right away, the first thing you go, you see their quaint little store right? It's really sweet and quaint and it's got a lot of stuff in it. It's got an ice cream shop and it has things like games and trinkets and foods and oops, I forgot this stuff so I can buy that, which at that one, we forgot our s'mores. We did. We forgot our s'more stuff. So we got to buy it from them. And then I also found this really great. It was, they had some really nice clothes and it was a long sweatshirt and it had pockets and like a high neck that you could kind of pull together. So it was really sweet. I, I wear it all the time. The owners were new. They were younger owners. They only had it for like a year or two, right? A couple right? Of years, yeah. Yeah, the young couple. They lived right there on site. So pulling into pulling into uh, Apostle Island's area campground, um, the I don't know if you remember, but they had like the water was not working. I do remember that. We checked in. The check-in process was extremely easy. Walk into the office, get checked in, and they told us uh, that they were having problems with their fresh water. Uh, there were people that were digging and making trenches, and uh, we were able to get into our campsite. Uh, we had no fresh water when we first checked in, um, but it was like within an hour, uh, the owner came down to our campsite and said, Hey, you know, check your water, make sure it's running and run it for like 15 minutes to make sure that it's clear. Yeah, I mean, he came and personally made sure that it was running clear. They were super sweet. Like I said, one of their moms was also working there. Yeah. 
Um, they were very appreciative of the drone photos that you sent them because you took drone footage of them. Um, the campground was clean. It was quiet. It was well monitored. It was wooded. It had a nice fire pit. Like you said, easy drive in, easy to find. Um, and I won't forget they had like these, this door art, like there are all these next to the store. Like when you're looking at the store off to the left, there's all these doors that are, painted and de- decorated and like door art. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was really cool. It was kind of fun. Yeah. And so one of the things that I did before I left, was I said, Hey, you know, we're real trailer life and we're doing this podcast. And would you be amiable at some time to doing a campground review, uh, session with you guys on podcast, which he agreed to. And so at some point uh, in the future, we're going to call and have a conversation with the owners of uh, the Apostle Islands area campground. Yeah. Super nice place. Super, super great place. Not, not huge either. No, no, but it was really nice. Um, You know, there was, every place has their downside and there's wasn't that big of a deal. The, and I think, if I remember correctly, the owners were trying to fix this issue, which was their dump station had one lane. So it was right on the path that if you wanted to leave the park with your trailer and somebody was dumping, you'd have to wait to leave because you couldn't get around them. Unless, think- unless you knew before you got to that point to turn off to take the other route. But there wasn't really great signage that said, hey, if there's somebody out the dump station, take this right. Uh, but potentially you could get stuck behind somebody who's dumping. Yeah. So, but I think that they were working on that, that that's an easy fix. Yeah. That's, that wasn't a huge thing. I mean, overall, I mean, I would probably rate them at a, like a 9.5 out of 10 as far as a campground state was. We walked around it a lot. It was nice and clean. It was. And it's very close to Bayfield. Uh, very close to, you know, any amenities that you would need as far as grocery stores or whatever the case might be. Okay, so now it's time for recipe share. This week it's smash burgers. Now on the Blackstone. Um, so what do you need? Hamburgers, cheese, some butter, some oil. Butter or oil, I don't care which. And a smasher thing. Ours is like a, it's called Lodge, L-O-D-G-E. And it's made out of cast iron. And it's just, like I said. A burger smasher. It's a burger smasher. So Patrick does most of this part of the cooking. I just make sure we have all the supplies. So he rolls the hamburger and any spice you want into it, like about two inch balls, right? And then you put them two balls per burger. Correct. And then you smash them down with the smasher. Cook. They're thin. They're, they're yeah. They're thin. You want to make them thinner because you're going to actually put cheese in between them, and right. put two on top or and put them together. But you want to make sure you cook both sides, right, before you do that. Correct. So you kind of cook both sides. Um, in our case, there'd be four little smashed burgers. Yeah, because we don't eat two. And then we put the cheese in between, and then he puts another piece of the meat smashed burger cooked on top, and. Cooks that's it amazing. a little bit more, and then basically that's it. Add your fixin', your bun if you want one, and we'll put the recipe in the show notes. But it's easy breezy, it's easy breezy, and it's so good. It is really good. And of course, we add all the fixings like mayo and lettuce and tomatoes and oh, come on, jalapenos and there's all kinds of things. But that's that's a individualized thing. 
So one of the last things that uh, we want to include in every episode is a photography tip. And this week's photography tip is to how, how to hold a camera. So most beginning photographers really don't know how to hold a camera correctly. And this causes uh, out of focus and blurred images. But learning how to hold a camera and uh, properly holding a camera will vastly improve your end product. And first you want to hold a camera with both hands. Your right hand should be on the right side of the camera. Your left hand should be either under the body of the camera or under the lens of the camera. And you want to keep that camera close to your body. And this just creates more of a stable base. Another tip is to use things like walls or posts or trees or vehicles or something that is stationary to lean against. Uh, And sometimes I'll even uh, place a camera on top of a fixed object to lessen the shake of of the body. Monopods can also be used. Uh, They are a bit tricky, but once you get accustomed to using a monopod, they are a great tool. And then lastly, don't be afraid to use a tripod. Tripods of old were large and bulky and cumbersome. Uh, Today's tripods are small, lightweight, and even come in travel versions. Uh, I always keep a plate attached to either the base of the camera or the lens uh, of the camera to make it easy uh, and fast to attach to a tripod. And then lastly, you can use the strap of your uh, camera to wrap around your arm to snug the camera up and prevent unnecessary shake. Uh, Learning to correctly stabilize yourself and to stabilize your camera will vastly improve the quality of your images. If you're enjoying the Real Trailer Life podcast, feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Real Trailer Life. Uh, We can also be found at realtrailerlife.com. And if you want to contact either Wendy or myself, you can email us at us at realtrailerlife.com. In our next episode, I will be joined by my good friend Heath Heidkamp for a segment that we are calling PH Level. Uh, Heath lives in our neighborhood and is a pilot by trade. And along with his wife, Barbara, and their two lovely daughters, they also travel in a tow-behind travel trailer. PH Level is about two fellow RVers leveling with you about certain topics. In episode four, we will discuss summarizing your travel trailer for the season. Uh, We really don't like to use the word de-winterizing, so we use the word summarizing. So we will discuss everything from sanitizing your freshwater tanks to a complete physical inspection and total cleaning of your RV. And this should be a great episode, and we look forward to sharing our thoughts and ideas tips and suggestions with you in the next episode i just have to say ph level patrick and heath level level leveling with you Uh that's funny leveling a trailer level anyway there's a lot of yeah they're so weird yeah i know we're just guys okay until next time safe travels those um those windmills those windmills when we were going through yeah what are those called windmills